Thanks, Pops. Uh, so he asked me a few minutes ago if uh, he could do an introduction, and I said, uh, Dad, if the Spirit moves you to give me an introduction, then by all means, give me an introduction. Um, I am no Benjamin Neely. Um, he is very good at what he does, and he's on vacation, so I'm going to do the very best I can to compile my thoughts and compose this in a manner um, that is understandable. Uh, he really wasn't joking when he told me the other day that 90% of his lessons um, are just reading. Um, so I'm going to attempt to synthesize this. I wish I had some graphics for you, but our laptop has no uh, internet access, and I didn't find out about that till last night um, after I'd already written the, the lesson. So we're going to be in the second chapter of Galatians today. Um, and as most of you guys know, we went to... Uh, a youth trip to Magic Springs last Thursday. That was awesome. Um, a big shout out and thank you to Rob Evans and Bob and Tina McAllister. Um, they really made that trip uh, happen for us. Um, I, uh, I felt like a real supervising adult because I got to drive the bus. Um, so glad we didn't get pulled over because I didn't find out about this till later, but I'm actually not insured uh, to drive the bus. So, sorry parents, hindsight is twenty twenty. Um, but we had a good time. It was, it was great. And um, so thank you, parents, for, for allowing your kids to be a part of, of the ministry uh, here at, at Mineral Springs. Um, so there are two major... Um, oh, also, on my, my brain's all over the place. If you guys get a moment, um, Braden Hood, a friend of mine, also from Harding, also a Nashville guy. He's here with me. He's been here a couple weeks. Um, shake his hand. Give him a hug. Say, you know, welcome to Mineral Springs. Uh, He's a good friend of mine. So, without further ado, we're going to be in Galatians chapter 2. Um, there are two major um, dominant themes in Galatians, which are given equal emphasis um, in Romans, although we're not going to talk much about Romans. Um, and those two themes are the uh, insistence on justification um, before God by faith, apart from legal works. And the second theme is the presentation uh, of the Spirit as the principle of the new life in Christ, which believers enjoy as freeborn children of God. Um, now, the province of Galatia was enormous, bordering the Black Sea uh, to the north and the Mediterranean Sea to the south. Um, and in Paul's day, after we, Paul used to be Saul, bad guy, persecuted the church, rose to become one of the greatest advocates for Christ's cause. Uh, but he, on his way to Damascus, met Jesus uh, and was blinded for three days. Ironically enough, it's through that blindness that he really found out what he was called to do and what Jesus' mission for Paul was going to be. And we have Peter, who ended up being the cornerstone of this ministry and this uh, mission of the first century church after Christ's ascension. Um, now, many scholars have debated the chronology of the letter to Galatian um, churches or church or the people. I don't have the insight or the educational credentials to talk about the, the timeline or when it is, but we're, we're, we're working with approximately uh, 17 years after Saul has become Paul, the apostle. It was said that, that Paul visited Galatians, uh, Galatians. Galatia, or the people at Galatia, three years after his, his conversion, and then went away to, up into Syria and Tarsus for the next 14 years. So the encounter we have here between Paul and Peter in Antioch 
is Paul has, has shown up. I think he has been away for some time uh, and is just showing up and witnesses Peter in chapter 2 disfellowship, disfellowshipping with the Gentiles when the Jews and, and uh, Judaizing leaders show up. And Paul calls him out and says, okay, this is, this is wrong and this is why it's wrong. And this is one of the only times that we have this, this kind of confrontation between these two great leaders or this friction between these two. And, and I can't help, I was, I was reading some stuff last night and I couldn't help but think in this situation, all I can see is Batman versus Superman or Iron Man versus Captain America. These two great, great figures that you just, it hurts that they're, you know, in disagreement. I don't want to trivialize the story, uh, but these are two men that are super important to Christ's ministry, and one of them has to be wrong. Uh, and Paul, Paul d- decides it's Peter. No, well, Jesus decides it was Peter. Um, Paul speaks with insight into the word um, that's not of human origin, and and he, I know he comes across as a isolated holy man, but he really proves himself to be the the quintessential group oriented teacher. Um, given given the uh, authority and power of Jesus. And so, I'm going to read, we'll start in chapter 2, uh, verse, verse 11. When Peter came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face, because he was clearly in the wrong. Now, before certain men came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. But when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles, Because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcised group. The other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy, so that by their hypocrisy even Barnabas was led astray. Now when I saw that they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter in front of them all, You are a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile and not like a Jew. How is it then that you force Gentiles to follow Jewish customs? We who are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners, or what we call Gentile sinners, know that a man is not justified by observing the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus, that we may be justified by faith and not by observing the law, because by observing the law, no one will be justified. And a lot of people wonder, um, and was this just, was this just um, addressed to Peter? Or was it addressed to Peter and his audience? I think it was both. Um, in verse 17, um, he says, If while we, including himself, because Paul too is a Jew, if we are to seek, uh, seeking to be justified, it becomes evident that we ourselves are sinners. Now, does that mean that Christ promotes sin? Absolutely not. And then he personalizes it by saying, I. He says, now if I rebuild what I destroyed... I prove that I am a lawbreaker, for through the law I died to the law, so that I might live for God, and have been crucified through him. But Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. So the big argument um, here is... um, is salvation or citizenship with God through faith, or is it through legal works? And I think Paul concludes it in 21. Um, 
when he says, I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through law, Christ died for nothing. Now, I don't want to say, let's take Paul's stand on this. Um, because if, if you put yourself in Paul's shoes, you're essentially saying, as Paul was right and had all the right answers, so too am I right and have all the right answers. I want to talk about Peter, too. Um, we we have, have Peter, who I believe was a very gruff, manly man. Um, I mean, he was a fisherman. And, and him and James and John, uh, that was a, a physically demanding and a taxing um, position uh, and, and occupation to hold in that time. Uh, reading along, we only have mention of James and John being called the Sons of Thunder, like one time. And... Not a lot of people have a lot to say about that, but I think it's because he knew men's hearts and he knew the character of these men and he knew that they would become great leaders, um, but he also knew their temperament. And so he calls James and John the sons of Zebedee, uh, these sons of thunder. Um, funny, quick little story. On the way, Jesus and the disciples uh, later on, uh, it's come time for Jesus to fulfill his um, divine uh, duty and go to Jerusalem. And so he and the disciples are traveling to, on their way to Jerusalem, and they sent some messengers ahead of them to kind of make accommodations and arrangements for, for them to have a place to stay along the way. Well, the messengers were passing through a Samaritan village, and uh, the, because the Samaritans knew where everyone was headed into Jerusalem, they refused to, to serve them and, and give them a place to stay. So when Jesus and the rest of the guys show up, uh, the sons of Zebedee and the sons of thunder, James and John, they say, now, Jesus, do you want us to just call down fire on these enemies of yours? And, and Jesus says, no, you know, the man did not, the son of man did not come to destroy, but to give life. And so they went on to a different village. But, but Jesus has this way of giving people names, uh, as he did with Saul, who became Paul, and uh, Simon, who he, he called Peter or Petra. Um, but the problem with uh, the the problem where Paul is, is is writing to his his converts or those that had recently become Gentile Christians, um, he has he has no qualms about calling them out for being so quick to uh, fall from the faith and forget his teaching. But whoever these troublemakers or agitators or new teachers were that had come along before this. Um, for this conversation with Peter and Paul, um, these teachers, they were trying to impose on the Galatian churches um, new, uh, not new, but Jewish laws, especially circumcision. And, and, uh, and Paul says, you know, that's, it does not matter if you're circumcised, whether you're circumcised or not, we are free through the Spirit and through the blood of Christ because God came from every, God sent his son in place um, of every Jew and every Gentile sins. And that's his, his, his argument is not, he's not an anti-Semitic. And so I, I don't want you to get that out of this um, because it, it wasn't just like, um, becoming a Jew wasn't just about joining another religious sect. I mean, it was a very exclusive thing. If you were to want to be a Jew today, uh, you would go to, uh, you'd meet with a rabbi, a teacher, and through, through actually Jewish law, he would try to dissuade you to become a Jew. Uh, 
And so only the sincere and the most genuine and the determined uh, survive the process. And guys, if you haven't been circumcised as a child and you, you know, filled all the steps and got in front of this Jewish court and they said, you can become a Jew, well, that's a whole other ball game and a whole other world of pain. So circumcision um, still, still value and, and Jewish customs still have their own way of life. Um, but, that, but they are bound by that. And, and Paul's point here is saying, if you are to circumcise, if you are to do any of these food laws, then you're going to have to follow everything and dot your I's and cross your T's. And, and Paul thinks that that is not the best way and says that, that if, if, you were to, if you were to start this journey and, and do this, you're going you're gonna to be tied down to it the rest of your life. And so what happens is Peter, who has been fellowshipping and living here in Antioch um, with these Gentiles, when the guys from Jerusalem show up, James, it says came from James. James at the time um, was very, uh, very prominent in Jerusalem, and it could be that, that he sent them. But when they show up, uh, Peter just kind of leaves the table, um, metaphorically and literally, and goes and, and fellowships with these other leaders. And that just that infuriates Paul. Um, and Paul's authority here is is not the the, the laws or the or the rules, but the gospel that's been given to him uh, and the insight that's been given to him by Jesus Christ is the reason he has authority to call Peter out like this. Um, when you had um, so Peter's he's called for being a hypocrite. Peter is called uh, called out for being a hypocrite and playing favorites. Um, but, but I believe he's concerned appropriately with the arrival of those that believe in circumcision. I mean, Peter himself was a Jew. Paul himself was a Jew. And if anything, they needed the credibility and the reputation of these, um, of these leaders to back them up. Uh, later on, they're at a, at a council in Jerusalem. And Paul and Barnabas spoke up for, I mean, not Paul and Barnabas, Peter and Barnabas speaks up very highly for Paul's cause. And without that united front, um, then there was never a hope of a united body of believers and a united body uh, in, in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so honor and authority and reputation fell in line very much so with how much power um, someone had. Now, in Paul and Peter's time, um, and it was a Roman world, there were at least 13 13 colonies in, in Galatia. But in this world, honor was closely bound with power and authority. Um, and it, you know, it also needs to be clear that, that it was difficult to shame someone of higher social status or considerable authority. So when Paul calls Peter out for disfellowshipping, uh, I believe Paul considers himself to be Peter's equal um, as far as, um, yeah, his, his equal intellectually, uh, apostolically, um, but being in Christ is, is, is what bring Paul is what brings the real status, or that's the, that's the argument that Paul takes. The status of being sons and daughters of, of God on a permanent basis is what he's arguing here. Um, and uh, oh, you have to pardon me, I got my notes mixed up.
So the problem then was division um, was division among believers, and they were following the wrong teaching. The problem now um, is we still have division among our believers. Um, Jews still follow their customs, and, and Gentiles are not required to keep the same practices. But we are both called to minister to these people. Just as Paul and Peter were called to minister to everyone, Jew and Gentile alike, so too are we called to minister to everyone we come into contact with. Um, Jewish custom is a very, and, and Jewish, Jewish lifestyle is a very regimented and disciplined um, way of living. You know, they, they eat certain foods and they don't eat certain foods. They observe certain holidays and they, they live in communities of themselves. Being a Christian, you know, it's very easy to just take the name Christian in this country. Um, but but I, I would go as far as, I would say that I admire the discipline that the, the Jews of uh, modern society today have because they, every, every dot, uh, every, every I is dotted and every T is crossed because they value and they respect the religion that they're following. And I, want, I would challenge us in the same way to take Christianity and following Jesus and becoming a real disciple and making disciples of others in the same respect and in the same high esteem. Because we're not going to be Jews. And, and Paul knows that. Paul was sent to Gentiles. Peter knows that. Peter was sent to the Jews. But we are called to do our part and to to live in the best way that we can and minister to the people that we were given to minister to. Um, a lot of scholars think that Peter and Paul's uh, falling out kept bad relationships with them later on. I don't think so. Um, I mean, when me and my brother or sister or my parents fight, we don't hold grudges. I mean, we, well, we're not supposed to anyway. You know, this, this shirt is a little damp, Mom, you know, when you... I should be doing my own laundry, so that's a slap at me. But, but you know, when, when I have these arguments with my parents, they don't last for a long time. And Peter is, uh, and, and Paul is very careful to speak uh, highly and to avoid risking any um, bad-mouthing of, of, of what he calls the pillars, um, James and John and Peter, these guys that were the up-close-and-personal best friends uh, and companions of Jesus. And so it's not, it's not that there's a bad relationship here. I don't believe that at all. But Paul sees what is happening when Peter decides to fellowship with another group of people um, and turn his back on one group that he's been with for a while. And that's just wrong. And, and, and Paul calls it like he sees it. He says, Peter, you know, this is, this, you would go so far that Barnabas caught up in all this. And so slowly, all of those, um, Jews that were hanging out with the Gentile Christians slowly all just stuck with the Jews. I think that happened over time. It could have just been over one meal. Um, but if, if that were the case, then their worship assemblies would have been separated too. And that's just a whole world of trouble, um, Paul, Paul says, Paul believes. Um, you know, Christ, um, when, when, we are, when we as the body believers are doing church, it is, it is to fellowship, and it's to revitalize and encourage us um, and to carry each other's burdens. But our church and the body that we're to minister is outside these walls. 
Um, you know, it's, it's in our neighborhood grocery store. It's across the street. Um, it's, and, and to someone who's not a part of this body of believers, what do they see when they look at you? You know, do they see someone who is two-faced? Do they see someone who, um, you know, many churches get the bad rep of hypocrites. I just, I hate that word because it's so sometimes closely associated with what people think of us as, as believers. But is that what people see? You know, and, and if that's the case, change it. I mean, we're, be the same person in, in church, in home, at work. I know it's difficult. Dealing with people is difficult. Doing good is difficult. Paul goes on to say in chapter, um, actually I wrote this down, in chapter 6 of Galatians, verse 9, this is something that just kind of spoke to me the other day. Um, He says, let us not become weary of doing good, for at the proper time we'll reap a harvest if we don't give up. And therefore, as we have the opportunity, let us do good to all people especially to those who belong to the family of believers. And I had read that the other day while composing this lesson right after I had had to go out of my way to drop one of my cousins off. And I came back and I griped about it. And I said, why, why did I have to do that, Mom? And Because and, I just I didn't have time to waste. You know, I had to, had to think of something to say here now that I'm here. But, uh, but Mom said, why are you griping? It was the right thing to do. You don't have any reason to gripe. You don't have any right to be mad about that. I'm just like, yeah, you're right, whatever, you know. Whatever, Mom, you know. But but do good to people um, because who knows what they see and who knows how much influence you're going to have. Paul Paul and Peter were both great ministers and great friends, I believe. Um, And they knew what their tasks were. And they knew that they had to go out into the world and, and that one's responsibility was to this group and that the other's was to this group. They understood that. Um, but Peter got a little mixed up and Paul had to just whip him into shape. I, think, I, I don't think there's much to argue um, about a bad relationship in the future because I've, I firmly believe these guys were friends. And us, in the same regard, have to, have to gently... Um, talk to each other. If, if something's, something's up, something's wrong, Paul goes on uh, uh, in, in Galatians chapter um, 6, he, he, he discusses this. He says, brothers, if, if someone's caught in a sin, um, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. But we have to watch ourselves um, or else we may be tempted as well. Just like Barnabas was tricked, you know, deceived into fellowshipping with, these one, with this one group of people. Um, we just, we have to watch out for one another. But, but do it in a manner that is Christ-like. Do it in a manner that is, is gentle and loving and understanding. Especially to these people who are not in the body of believers. Especially to these people that come to you and say... Hey, I know we're just coworkers, um, but you seem like a nice guy. Let me tell you about all the problems I have in my life. And that's, you know, that's, that's a hard conversation to have sometimes. But we are called to minister to these people. We're called to be a light and, and, uh, in a dark world and salt to the earth. Um, and I, I think Paul and Peter both did a great job. But there will be times, I think, when even, even with the best intentions, we may slip up or teach the wrong thing. Well, that's why there's a lot of us, a lot of us who are disciplined in, in Christ's gospel and the truth 
So no, no one person has to take on the world by their self. Um, you know, each one of us is to carry each other's burdens and the burdens of those that we come into contact with. Um, but I just, I know that this was a lot of information in kind of a jumbled order, but I can't stress enough how important it is to talk with people, how important it is to minister to, to those that you work with and to people that you encounter just in passing. Um, I'm, I'm really big on relationships, and I believe that God puts people in our lives for a very distinct reason. And that may be for a short amount of time. It may be for a large amount of time. Um, Paul and Peter, uh, Paul stayed with Peter for 15 days uh, before going out and leaving for like 14 years. A lot can happen in 14 years. So if you don't, you know, somebody could go off and move away and stop talking, stop talking to you, you you don't stay in touch, and you forget about them. Well, I don't think that's how it's meant to be. Whether for short-term or long-term, people are put into our lives for for uh, a specific reason, um, and that's to be ministered to. Um, I'm not saying make 2,000 friends on Facebook after you leave here, um, although that's kind of the norm now. Um, But I do want you to minister and to uphold each other up in the same way that Paul did for Peter, um, in the same way that... uh, Jesus did for Peter and the rest of the disciples. When they put their foots in their mouth, Jesus was always there to say, okay, guys, this is, this is what I want. Um, now, we are no Jesus figures, and sometimes that can get us in trouble, but we are to hold each other accountable and to use our talents um, as, as the Lord sees fit. Um, this place is a great home. It's a, it's a great family. So if there's anything that is troubling or bothering any of you, if you want to talk to somebody, you can. You can come up front. You can talk to somebody to your left or right. Call me if you want to. Um, talk with the elders. But we would love to welcome you and for you to be a part of what is happening here. And not only here, but what is happening when we leave here. Because um, it's a really awesome thing that we get to be a part of as sons and daughters of Christ. Um, not through any laws or rules or regulations, but through the blood of Christ. We are called uh, to sonship. So um, if anyone would like to come forward, I invite you as we stand and sing. Blood and wash.